Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. It's your host. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. This is part two of talking about ADHD and relationships. This is not talked about enough. And the episode that came out Monday really just kind of scratched the surface. And it focused more on the roots of ADHD, the roots of dysregulated attachment styles. So today, I'm going to talk more about what does this actually look like in relationships Specifically, we have three parts to today's episode. Basically, what does ADHD and attachment dysregulation look like in relationships? Part two is what are some simple things for learning how to regulate your emotions? And then number three, I want to dive into impulsivity a bit and just talk about what is the impact of impulsivity in relationships? and how that is highly correlated with ADHD. So lots to cover. We're going to do it. I want to say a huge thank you to all of you who tune in. I cannot believe it. We are almost at 2 million downloads. That is insane. 
I'm incredibly grateful to all of you loyal listeners. And if you're wanting to say thank you to me, the best way you can do that is leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show. This show is not free to produce, but it is a ton of high value content. So the best way you can say thank you to me is just go leave a a review on Apple Podcasts. Takes about two minutes and it means the world to me. And I do actually take the time to read those reviews. So I'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. It means a lot. (laughs) All right, y'all. Let's talk about ADHD and emotional dysregulation and what does that look like? So one of the things to realize is ADHD has a lot of different symptoms. There's a lot of different ways that can manifest. Some people experience a lot of procrastination, a lot of difficulty focusing. Um, They might be labeled as like a space cadet or super forgetful. Other people, they may really experience hyper-focusing where they're only, you know, they go down um, a rabbit hole of only being able to focus on one thing super intensely. And then they struggle to focus on anything else. Um, Other things that can happen with ADHD is difficulty regulating emotions in your relationship. So a lot of times there can be moments where you're super, super angry or super, super sad um, and not able to self-soothe because as we talked about on Monday's episode, ADHD is usually correlated with a childhood where a secure, securely attached caregiver was not available. So you may not have learned how to regulate your emotions. So you could be going into adulthood with a lot of difficulty around emotional regulation. In more serious relationships, ADHD can look like people getting in arguments over the chores or the housework. And sometimes what happens is the partner without ADHD feels like they are the parent. They feel like they have to do all the chores or they have to nag and nag their partner in order to get them to do something. And this can lead to a really hurtful dynamic in the relationship known as a parent-child dynamic. And I do see this in couples where one partner is experiencing ADHD, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed, they might not even be aware of it. But you have one partner who feels like they are the parent and that if they don't show up as the parent, the relationship will fall apart or that person won't be able to function on their own. And what we know about a parent-child dynamic in a relationship is that it leads to resentment And it leads to loss of attraction, which is sad, right? If we're with this person and um, we develop this resentment over time, and then eventually as we become their parent and that resentment grows, we may just not feel attracted to them. So it is no secret that ADHD highly impacts relationship dynamics and 
what I want you to realize is that if this is you, if you're listening, or maybe you think it could be you, maybe you haven't been officially diagnosed, I want you to realize that not all hope is lost, that there are ways to absolutely treat ADHD, to treat the emotional dysregulation, to work on becoming securely attached. Um, So yeah, obviously we're going to talk about some of that today. Before we get into emotional regulation skills and just some small things you can do, I want to talk about the impulsivity piece. One of the hallmarks of distress in a relationship, whether you have ADHD or not, is both people not feeling heard or at least one person in the relationship not feeling heard, right? And what do we know about attention deficit is that it's extremely challenging to actually hear your partner and not only hear, but to actually take in the information and focus long enough to really internalize what someone is saying. So this in and of itself can lead to so much pain in the relationship. And I wanted to talk about impulsivity in terms of communication. Someone with ADHD symptoms is likely going to want to interrupt There are those people that are always trying to finish the sentence. Sometimes it can also look like the person who's changing the subject to relate whatever you're saying back to them. How many of you have been in that conversation and you're talking about, oh, you know, X, Y, Z happened to me. And then the the person you're talking to says, oh, I remember when that happened to my uncle three years ago, right? Like, Sometimes ADHD looks like making fast connections and then impulsively sharing a personal story. And we may go, oh, these people are selfish, whatever. The reality is, is they're not good at sustaining attention and they make really quick connections with their brain and then they share impulsively. So There's so many ways that this can impact our relationships. And another piece to think about with impulsivity, when it comes to relationship decisions, what happens with ADHD brains is they make decisions incredibly fast. A lot of people with ADHD have processing speeds in the 90 percentile range. Personally, my own processing speed is very high up there. I remember when I first figured that out, it was such a relief to me to realize, oh, that's why, you know, in class, I would always be totally done with the page and bored and waiting to get to the next page because I just can read extremely fast and I process information extremely fast. Um, But when we process quickly and then we also make decisions quickly, that can lead to poor decisions. So this could look like, oh, your partner really hurt you. They said something really mean. And maybe you also have anxious attachment styles and you have a fear of abandonment and you've processed, you've already made the decision fast and you feel like the relationship's gonna end 
and you send a message to your ex-boyfriend, right? So that's an example of very fast decision-making that doesn't serve you, aka impulsivity, not being able to slow down and really think through the consequences of our actions, right? Or our decisions. So this doesn't come from a place of judgment, but just a place of awareness, right? That those of us with dysregulated attachment systems, ADHD, we have brains that are not really serving us in our relationships. Okay. So let's talk about now that we know this, we have some understanding, we're learning about how ADHD and dysregulated attachment styles, how it impacts us. What can we do? As I shared with you on the last episode, I had tried medication to treat ADHD and I did not find it helpful. I had a lot of side effects. I had a lot of irritability. So it made me very irritable, which anyone who knows me knows that is not my go-to personality or mood. I am like a golden retriever. I'm always pretty much in a good mood. So to experience the irritability was just awful for me. Um, And I just, I felt the come down effects of it. I know those of you listening who have taken Adderall or any kind of ADHD medication, you probably know what I'm talking about. There's a come down where after taking it, and then if you quit taking it, you just get super low, low energy. At least I did. Um, And it would take me one or two days to just feel like myself again. So Everyone has their own experience with medication. Some people, it works for them. And I don't want to deter anyone from taking medication because I know that there are folks who benefit from it. And there's a lot of great non-stimulant medications out there too. So obviously, be seen by an expert. Take medication if it's helpful to you. But I'm just sharing my experience. What really helped me with obviously with my relationships, with my emotional well-being, with being able to work with my ADHD brain, what helped me the most was learning how to regulate my emotions, how to slow down my decision-making, how to self-soothe. So learning how to show up for myself as my ideal parent, practicing self-compassion. And of course, a more practical thing that really helped me was building routines in my day-to-day and building daily non-negotiables into my routines. So let's dive into this a little bit. Uh, We're talking about emotional regulation and self-soothing. I get a lot of you who ask me about this, so I want to just dive into it. This is something I talk about with the clients inside of the Empowered Secure Love program, and I know it's probably um, a really life-changing part of the program, and obviously, I go way more in-depth, and there's more structure and help inside the program, but let me just kind of break down a little bit of it to you. So, Understanding emotional regulation 
is incredibly important to your relationship health, right? So many of us never learned how to regulate our emotions. We didn't have any healthy models for it. We just never learned how, right? There was no emotional regulation 101 in middle school or high school. And I think, yeah, I I could just go on and on about how I think that that's unfortunate. We need way more education on this. We need it for young folks. The earlier you learn these things, the more at peace you can be, the better relationships you can have, right? Like it's, it's just so important. So anyways, emotional regulation is the ability to recognize, become aware of your emotions and allow yourself to feel through them and regulate them in a way that does not cause harm to yourself or to others. So the ability to recognize your emotions and to feel through them, to regulate yourself in a way that does not cause harm to yourself or to others. And I would say in a way that does not negatively impact your day-to-day living. So when we talk about emotional regulation, I'm not saying don't feel your feelings. By all means, I would never preach that. It's the ability to become aware of your emotions, your feelings, whatever's going on, and to feel through it and to support yourself through it as an ideal parent would. So when you have never learned this, the first thing you're going to want to do is learn how to connect to your emotional experience. So you want to start just asking yourself throughout the day, well, what am I feeling right now? What emotion am I having? You want to actually label the emotion. This is where those emotion wheels are pretty helpful. You can look at a bunch of emotions and then pick out okay, which one am I feeling right now? For a lot of you, that's where you need to start. You need to simply begin the awareness piece of saying, oh, I deserve to tune in. I deserve to know what emotions are coming up for me. And I deserve to validate them. Dramatic pause. This is where a lot of us need the healing. We had childhoods where we were chronically emotionally invalidated. So we need to show up as that ideal parent and we need to validate our emotional experience, right? So this is saying something like, well, of course you're feeling hurt. Of course you're feeling let down. Of course you're feeling sad right now, right? I completely understand. I know it's so hard for you right now that you feel that way. It's so interesting. Um, I'm just thinking about like people, people in, uh, in my life who, if I try to validate an emotion that they're feeling, or I say something like, wow, that must be so hard for you. And then they say something like, eh, it's not that bad. I can deal with it. I've dealt with worse, blah, blah, blah. These are people who definitely were invalidated as kids, and they're really uncomfortable with receiving validation, emotional validation. 
So for a lot of us, those first two steps I mentioned are right where you need to start. I know they sound basic. Some of you may think you're doing them, but you're probably not. You want to learn how to tune in to your emotions, identify them, and then we're just going to validate them. And for a lot of you, that's going to be the place to start. But for those of you that go, okay, I've got that. I'm going to identify my emotions. I'm going to validate them. And you want to realize this is a corrective experience and it takes time to teach your brain that this is how you are going to now respond to your emotions. So essentially you are experiencing a corrective emotional experience from what you experienced as a childhood. And with repetition, eventually you will learn to automatically respond with compassion, validation, understanding. But obviously that takes repetition. All right. So for those of you that have got the first two parts, the next thing you want to do is realize, well, what kind of action do I need to feel supported? Like what would actually help me? This is where self-soothing activities are helpful. Journaling, right? Even for these first two steps, you can throw journaling in there where you're writing down, how are you feeling? And then you could even be writing down validation statements for yourself. But the next step is, well, what kind of behavior or action do I need in order to teach myself emotional regulation skills? Some of you may be old enough to remember when if you were in school and you got in trouble, you would just be put in a corner by yourself and you'd have to face a wall. I feel like that must not be allowed in schools anymore, but maybe it still is. I don't know, but I do know that's not a helpful skill, right? That's an example of a behavior that was supposed to help you regulate your emotions, but actually you're taken away from the group. So you're taught emotions are bad. Go be by yourself and go try to just sit there and look at a wall. That's not really helpful, right? So a lot of us have unhelpful emotional regulation skills. For some of us, it's online shopping or binge watching shows on Netflix or grabbing that unhealthy food that maybe we know we could enjoy some of it, but then we end up overindulging because we're trying to use it to fix our emotional state. So there's a lot of negative skills, things that actually numb the emotions instead of help us regulate the emotions. So part three really is just starting to get curious about, well, what would help me emotionally regulate? Is it going on a walk, calling a friend, allowing myself to cry? There's so many of us where we don't even allow ourselves to actually cry or feel. Maybe it's taking a long bath. Maybe it's reading a book. This is where you start saying, okay, I'm going to get curious about what do I need in order to regulate my emotions. And I'm going to make it a priority because I deserve to be emotionally regulated. For those of you that are like, hey, I'm busy. I'm a single mom or I'm a single dad or I'm working 12 hours a day. I hear you. 
And if you can't do it in the moment, the best gift you can do for yourself is to put emotional regulation times on your calendar. So schedule it in for yourself, make it a priority. So you may wonder, okay, Dr. Morgan, why are we talking about emotional regulation in relation to ADHD and relationships? The fact is when we can start to master our emotions and learning how to become aware of them and how to regulate them, we can show up so much better in our relationships. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, what we talked about today, but I felt like it was really important to just discuss this. And thinking back to part one, realizing that there's so much overlap with a dysregulated attachment style and ADHD, and that even though medication may be helpful, therapy may be helpful, there's a lot of work that can be done internally and learning how to regulate your emotions and learning how to let go of the past and learning how to slow down and to trust ourselves and our relationship decisions and learning how to align with our most securely attached, high self-worth version of ourselves. There's so many things that we can do that really can transform our relationships completely. That's my story, you know, that I went from, I like to call them dumpster fire relationships because they did. They always ended in a dumpster fire. They always ended in me feeling so down and I would go in these spirals of just feeling depressed and then I would bounce back and say, well, I'm going to be the hottest I've ever been and I'd spend hours at the gym and try to buy all the right outfits And it was this roller coaster of emotional dysregulation, of pain, of hurt, of chaos, impulsivity, right? And it was years and years of that before I finally did the healing work that I needed to do in order to have now what is an incredible, stable, healthy relationship with my partner where able to build a securely attached connection. There's so much joy. And most importantly to me, there's so much peace in my relationship. There's no second guessing. There's no jealousy. There's just a overlying sense of peace that allows me to relax into the relationship, to focus on other really important areas of my life. And I just, it allows me to receive love. So if today's episode or Monday's episode resonated with you and you do know that part of what your journey is in relationships is doing the internal work, I want to invite you to apply to the ESL program. We have super limited spots in October. So if you've been on the fence, maybe you've been thinking, oh, I probably should apply. I don't know. Is it going to be too much work? Or you're just like, man, I don't know. Is this the right time? I'm so busy. This is your sign. Now is the time to join. We actually have some really amazing things going on in the program right now. What's wonderful is when you join in October, you will be able to go through the program before January 1. So you'll be stepping into the new year 
as this version of you who has done the work, who can show up securely attached. So I personally think this is one of the best times to join and remember that we repeat what we don't repair. And some of us need to have that tough conversation with ourselves in the mirror and we need to say, hey, you need to stop repeating this chaos. You need to do the work, do the repair so that you can have a different outcome, right? Insanity is repeating the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result. A lot of people are doing that in their dating lives. And it doesn't do any good to just say, oh, I hope the next relationship's better. or I hope the next person is better. The hard truth is you are the common denominator in your relationships and your relationships won't change until you change. So I want to invite you to do the work. This is a great time. The link to apply to the program is in the show notes, also in my Instagram bio. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. I know I've enjoyed talking about ADHD and relationships, a definitely um, ignored topic. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. So I hope you got some value out of it. And just know that I am, of course, here for you, rooting for you. And I know that no matter where you are in your healing journey, in your dating life, No matter where you are, it's not too late. You're not too broken. You're not too old. There's nothing wrong with you. A wonderful, great relationship is available to you. You're deserving of so much love. So I just want to invite you to not wait on that healing and go apply to the program today. I would be honored to be your coach and to serve you on your healing journey. All right, y'all, I hope you love these episodes. And of course, you know, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram Facebook and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth, and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.